Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. So, Titans fans, last week we did our draft class review series. We went year by year and covered all of John Robinson's first four draft classes. Of course, it wouldn't be fair to uh, analyze the 2020 draft class quite yet, only a month and a half out from when they were actually selected. So we went through John Robinson's first four draft classes, and uh, I had an idea to go over his free agent classes as well, and I also want to give a shout out to Mike Inclon on Twitter, who sent me a private message here and and asked if we were going to get into the free agent classes, and yes, Mike, we will do that. So this week, we are going to do a John Robinson free agency class review series, but I am going to start that on tomorrow's show. So that'll be Tuesday's show that we kick off John Robinson's first free agent class and Of course, we will do an overview of the class itself, provide grades, talk about some other options that were on the market at the time, and just review his decisions inside of free agency. So excited to get into that later on this week. But for today's Monday podcast, I wanted to give you guys an update from some audio we heard from the Titans over the weekend. We got to hear from some members of the secondary. Remember, we finished out last week hearing from uh, some members of the offensive line, Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold. Well, we also heard over the weekend from Kenny Vaccaro and Adoree Jackson. And with the addition of Anthony Midget as the new defensive backs coach, uh, the addition of some key players in the secondary like Jonathan Joseph and Christian Fulton, and also the loss of someone like Logan Ryan, the play calling being up in the air. There's just a, a lot of interesting topics coming out of the secondary. So we will get the highlights from their press conferences and their conference calls, I guess, to call them more accurately. We will start off our show, though, by taking a look at uh, some article analysis here. We got an article from Pro Football Focus over the weekend talking about the most clutch performers in the NFL, and three Titans ended up on that list. So I'm going to go over that article with you guys, talk about some of the most clutch Titans that we have on the team per the analytics, of course. So excited to get into that with you before we jump into our free agency class breakdown throughout the rest of the week. So a good week of content coming up for you guys. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on Apple Podcast or following on Spotify, whatever platform you stream your podcast, make sure that you are locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast as I continue pumping out content for you guys daily throughout the offseason. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. We do do our Friday mailbag every single week, so send your questions there. But with that being said, we have some interesting audio from the Titans secondary, and we also got to talk about the Titans' most clutch performers from 2019. Let's get it. Over the weekend and 
analytics-based football website Pro Football Focus released their first-ever all-clutch team for the 2019 season. In an article written by Ben Lindsay, he goes over which players in the NFL were the most clutch in high-pressure situations. And As defined by Pro Football Focus, high-pressure clutch situations are fourth-quarter and overtime snaps when the game is within one score, so eight points. Ben Lindsay went over a first-team and a second-team all-clutch, and three Titans appeared on the list. The Titan that made first-team all-clutch was edge rusher Harold Landry, and although Harold Landry had a decline in statistical production at the end of the year, a lot of that was due to the fact that he didn't have a competent edge rusher on the other side after the injuries to Cameron Wake, and then teams were able to completely lock in and focus on Harold Landry. It is no surprise that Kamale Correa and somebody like Derek Roperson had good statistical outputs at the back half of the season once all of that focus finally was turned to Landry after he had nine sacks at the beginning in the first part of the season. Ben Lindsay had this to say about Landry's performance when putting him on first team all clutch. Quote, Landry also put up grades of 75 or higher against the run and the pass. A pro football focus favorite coming out of Boston College, Landry hasn't quite lived up to our expectations in his first two years in the NFL, but his 87.9 grade in high pressure situations last season could bode well for a corner being turned in 2020. I think it's fair to say that Harold Landry has met expectations. The thing that I think is most important is what I mentioned earlier. He did not have a competent partner on the other side to rush, and that did not allow him to get any kind of single coverage. Teams were able to focus their entire pass protection plan on taking care of Harold Landry, and the other edge rushers who rushed opposite of Harold Landry were able to benefit. Unfortunately, those players just aren't quite talented enough to really make as big of an impact as the Titans are needing, and we saw them address the edge rush in the offseason this year, of course, to try to help Harold Landry out. And as for the other two Tennessee Titans who made the second team all-clutch, we have quarterback Ryan Tannehill, and tight end Jonu Smith. Now, after watching all of the games from the 2019 season, it makes sense that Ryan Tannehill would be on this list in some capacity. When it mattered most, Tannehill was able to make plays, and that's why hearing people from the media or random fans around the NFL saying that Derrick Henry carried the Titans is just completely inaccurate. Ryan Tannehill made plays when it mattered most for the Titans and was able to lead them to victory in the most clutch situation. Situations. Also, Jonu Smith, once given the opportunity to be the full-time tight end one, was able to make major plays for the Titans in the back half of the season, and that should spur him on to having a fantastic breakout year in 2020. And if you need to break out from your traditional protein bar routine, you have to try Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. I've told you guys about my favorite flavors, the banana nut bread, the salted caramel chocolate, even the chocolate raspberry mousse has become one of my favorites as well. They have 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate and nut flavors, 8 chocolate and nut free flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. You can really taste the difference between this chocolate and then the processed stuff that you're used to. They're soft and easy to chew and I would encourage you as the weather gets warmer to throw a couple built Bars into the fridge. They're a great snack for you after you come in from the heat and they're a healthy snack as well and 
Speaking of the health side of things, Built Bars are great for any health conscious guy or girl. They can help you lose or maintain weight and you don't have to feel the guilt because it, it, it feels like a treat, but you know that it's healthy. The bars are low calorie, they're low sugar, high protein, high fiber. The best example I can give for their versatility, the peanut butter brownie. If you have a morning workout or you're just trying to have a healthy breakfast alternative, the peanut butter brownie is 20 grams protein, 170 calories, only three. 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams net carbs. If you want a guilt-free snack after dinner or a dessert of some kind, you got the mint brownie flavor, 15 grams protein, only 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And once you take advantage of that offer, make sure that you tag me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Let me know that you have done so and I'll make sure to give you a shout out on the show. We are going to come back and get into the sounds of the Titans, hear from the Titans members of the secondary in Adoree Jackson and Kenny Vaccaro. last week's shows by hearing from two key members from the Titans offensive line in our sounds of the Titans with Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold. And we will kick off this week's shows by hearing from two key members of the Titans secondary, cornerback Adoree Jackson and then Kenny Vaccaro. Of course, audio is courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com, but the secondary may be the most interesting position group on the Titans headed into the 2020 season with the change in position coach, the change in defensive play calling, the new faces, the key members that have left. So very, very uh, interesting group indeed. And it's interesting to hear from these members. So I want to jump into a Dory Jackson sound here. And he starts off the conversation by talking about the differences of playing inside versus playing outside because the rumors are, and logically it makes sense as well, that a Dory Jackson will transfer to the slot and Probably play most of his snaps in there, but here's what he has to say about that potential. Uh, it's pretty much whatever you know, Coach Braves and Midge and everybody uh, think you know it should be handled. I'm going into that aspect of if I'm going to be playing more inside and nickel, and the difference is uh, it's more about being more aware uh, of your surroundings uh, for what the safeties may have, uh, the linebackers, and everything because you all play on one accord, you all are together. So. Um, Elza, that's the big difference. You know, when you're playing corner, you pretty much have to worry about yourself uh, and those aspects. And then playing the nickel is a lot of different assignments, alignments, and techniques uh, that come into play. So, um, you know, being able to go on these virtual meetings and listen in and, and, and see the picture and the, the virtual classroom and things that we do to help get a better understanding and knowledge of the, the role and position just in case if I'm needed. Obviously, there has been a lot of change in the defensive back room. You saw Logan Ryan and LaShawn Sims out. They have introduced Jonathan Joseph, Christian Fulton, and Chris Jackson as well. Adoree talks about meeting his new teammates. Um, from, from the jumps, uh, J. Joe, I like him a lot. I remember, you know, watching him and seeing him play, you know, when he's down in Houston. And, uh, you know, I always liked his game, respect his game. So as soon as we, we signed him, I you know, asked Coach Mitch for his number just to reach out. And, you know, I was excited to learn and, and play with him and and be able to develop, you know, under what he knows and his knowledge because he didn't play in, in this similar defense and, and done great things and been successful. Uh, and for Chris, uh, you know, guys, smart, smart player. 
uh, known when he's at LSU. Uh, chopped it up with him before, so I'm excited to see, you know, what uh, what he will do and how he will help us because uh, he's a great player, great talent. And Chris Jackson, another guy who's, you know, I just realized he had a track background, so uh, that's one of the guys that you know I'm excited to work with and see, you know, how he plays and just everybody's going to be able to help, you know, us as a team collectively to be able to get the goal that we want to do is uh, go to the Super Bowl. In one of the most important offseason moves for the Titans, Adoree Jackson's fifth-year option was picked up. He gives his thoughts. Uh, it's truly a blessing um, to be able to get that fifth-year option picked up. Uh, since, uh, you know, kind of like reinsurance, you know, that they believe in you, have faith, you know, what, what you can bring, what you add to this team. So, you know, I was thankful when I got the call from uh, Jay Rob and be able to talk to him. And uh, so that, that was that was my my first feel. You know, I was just excited and smiling and, and happy. You know, um, I love being a part of the Titans and being able to play, and not just a great city, but with great people and great players. Um, so, and then with the responsibility factor, is just um, just keep doing your hard have to work every day, improving and getting better. Um, it doesn't it doesn't stop. It doesn't change. Nothing does. Uh, you just got to keep grinding, keep working, and and doing what you're supposed to do out there. Adoree played really well in 2019 when he was healthy. What is his assessment of his play in 2019, and how does he take the next step? Um, I just just kept playing ball. You know, I understand that you know, things may not have been going the way that I wanted it to, um, but never, you know, doubting myself or giving up. You know, staying, staying faith, having faith in you know myself and my game, and you know, pray praying. Um, it's a big thing, you know, you, it's going to be ups and downs. You know, you don't want the downs to outweigh the ups or the ups to outweigh the downs. Um, you got to stay level-headed, and that's what I, I try to remain doing and knew that, uh, you know, things things will go pan out. Um, so I didn't get beat myself up too much about everything, anything. You know, I great family and friends, you know, to be in my corner, in my area, you know, to keep me positive, uplifted. And that's the great thing, you know, about, you know, playing ball. Um, you know, you don't have to say much. People already know. And so they're just going to try to encourage you as much as you can. And, you know, down the stretch, it started to – everything just came into play. I didn't do anything different, didn't change up anything. Um, and that's just how I went about. Uh, just remain the same, uh, understanding that you don't want to, you know, put too much – you can put pressure on yourself, um, good or bad. But I'm um, not trying to exceed anyone's expectation but yourself. I'm um, not trying to worry about what others may think of you and how others may perceive and judge you. But – um, going out there and putting on the line uh, for your brothers, um, the coaches, and yourself. And at the end of the day, just trying to be the best player you can be and get better every day. And that's pretty much what I'm working on and trying to do, just improving and understanding that everything may not be perfect. And that's what you have to realize, you know, playing this game might not be perfect. You just got to go out there and get the job done. And then we get another question for Adoree that has to do with playing in the slot. And I thought this was very interesting, of course, referencing Mike Vrabel's comments earlier in the offseason talking about the slot position on offense being more of a vertical position than a horizontal position. Adoree Jackson talks about that. Uh, I mean, you've seen a lot of changes where, you know, depends on it depends on what team you're playing. You know, you go against Atlanta, you might see Julio in the slot or Sanu or different receivers. You go against Kansas City, you see Tyreek, he may be outside or he may be inside. So it just all has to do with, you know, what the coaches are looking for and, and what they use their guys for. So um, it's always going to be changes in the game, whether you might see a smaller guy, faster guy outside and a big guy inside, you know, what they might like matchup-wise. So, um, yeah, the, the game's always changing, always evolving. And, you know, coaches are seeing what other coaches are doing well and utilizing their players and trying to do the same, you know, to help their team out. 
One thing that has been well documented about Adoree Jackson is his track background. When he was drafted by the Titans, he was mostly considered a raw cornerback prospect, but had elite athletic traits that could help him turn into one of the better corners in the NFL. And now that the Titans have drafted another track athlete in Chris Jackson, Adoree talks about that. It just tells me he's explosive. Um, um, from that standpoint, understanding that, you know, he has some speed, he has some tentacles. Um, uh, if you be a, play football uh, and run track, it's two different things. So if you're able to be able to adjust from just being straight line speed and have some agility and mobility, I know he did the hurdles, so I know he has a little, you know, he's coordinated and can go out there and compete and have fun. You know, it's not, it's not easy to run track. So for him to do that and then play football, understand his type of competitor and warrior he is, As I mentioned earlier in the show, I think the secondary group is the most interesting position to watch this Titans offseason as they get back out onto the field. Of course, we see players have gone in and out, but also cannot forget the change in position coach. Anthony Midget has taken over as the defensive back coach for the Titans, and then also who will be calling plays on defense is still up in the air. So Adoree talks about meeting Anthony Midget and his first interactions with him as the new defensive backs coach, and then also gives his quick thoughts on what could happen with the play calling and if that even matters to him. Uh, on Midge, uh, great guy. You know, uh, once he, as soon as he I got with the team, you know, call my phone, we text back and forth. Um, just a good person uh, in that standpoint, being able to talk to and, and a great coach, being able to teach and help us, you know, with the simpler terms and simpler things just to make sure we're all on the same page. So, I mean, this downtime has been actually pretty great, you know, to have uh, because it's it's more learning, uh, more understanding that you get and knowledge for the game. Um, you know, each coach is different. You know, I appreciate the coach care. And, you know, now that we have Coach Mills, so I'm just excited to see, you know, the things that he brings and, and to be able to help my game and, and the team as well. And uh, with the play calling wise, I don't know, you know, what's going to go about and how is that, how is that going to be. But uh, I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. You know, at the end of the day, you know, they say whatever call is played, call, you just got to go out there and play it to the best of the ability. You know, we break. If he's calling plays, we know, understand. Uh, what, what what he's looking for and what the defense needs and whoever else is calling is going to be the same way. I think right now who the defensive play caller will end up being in the season is the uh, the most burning question. That's a real common trope in sports writing, burning questions. The number one burning question for the Titans is definitely who is going to call defensive plays. But that is the last of the highlights from Adoree Jackson. We are going to come back and hear from Kenny Vaccaro. Safety Kenny Vaccaro has been one of the best pickups of the John Robinson era, and it was almost uh, by accident. Remember, Jonathan Cyprian got hurt in the preseason, in the offseason, and and Kenny Vaccaro was signed to take his place, and since then, Vaccaro has fit perfectly into the Titans scheme, but also into the Titans locker room, and he opens up talking about just all of the changes in the secondary. Um, I just want to start by saying, first and foremost, you know, it's obviously a huge loss, Losing a player like Logan Ryan, a guy that's that smart, you know, um, how much he did on the field, you know, just as much off the field. Um, it's obviously, you know, it hurts to lose him for me because he's a friend. You know, he's a good friend of mine. But at the same time, you know, business is business. This is how the league works. We we're fortunate enough to get Christian, you know, uh, drafted this year. Um, 
And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Obviously it's early in the process, you know, we're just in virtual meetings so you can't really tell, you know, but um, right now he's doing a great job. He's attentive, you know, he's smart. Um, he's doing everything, you know, that's asked of him. So. In a similar question as the one posed to Adoree Jackson, Vaccaro gives his thoughts on his 2019 season and how he can make improvements going into 2020. I mean, I thought it was a, it was a good season. It had been great. We made the Super Bowl. It was good. Um, you know, we've been watching film these past couple of weeks in our DB meetings, and um, there's just a lot things. There's a lot of things we can do better, man. Um, I think we can. You know, it, it, we we have so much more potential that we need to unlock, and you know, and I think we can get there through you know through hard work. You know, hopefully this this whole COVID nineteen thing ends, and we can all get back together, things to get normal. But at the same time. You know, it was a good run. It wasn't a great run. Obviously, we didn't make the Super Bowl. We didn't win. That's the ultimate goal. And, you know, that's our goal as a team. And, you know, that's that. Vaccaro also discussed the challenges of working in new guys into the secondary in the current climate. It is. It does make it challenging because you don't get those OTA spring football reps, as you would say, the live reps that, you know, the trial and error reps, the reps that you learn from. But at the same time, um, we've had some really, really great meetings, you know, really detailed meetings. You know, you can still see everybody obviously on the cameras. Um, it's obviously not the same cause you're not getting the physical reps, but mentally, I think the mental side of it has been even better than if we were in the classroom. Um, and I don't know why that's just my personal preference. Maybe cause I'm sitting at, you know, at my own house in my game room <laughs> and I get to relax and kind of just, you know, talk football, but, um, I think we'll be fine. I think we have a great group of, you know, leaders in the group. Um, the standard, you know, is very high. And I think everybody wants to make sure they uphold that standard. Vaccaro was also asked about who could potentially fill the slot role for the Titans in the upcoming season. And I thought his answer was incredibly insightful. I actually started thinking to myself, I may, you know, going over press conferences throughout the regular season, the preseason, all these different conference calls. I kind of want to start like a, a running total of which reporter asked the best questions or maybe not asked the best question, but which reporter is able to get the most interesting interesting answer on whatever topic from a player and although he's a divisive figure in Nashville this is a, a good question from Paul Kaharski and it got a pretty good answer out of Vaccaro in regards to how the slot position is working and and what he thinks about that role I think the evolution is sometimes guys are putting their number one receiver in the slot you know do you want to move a guy that plays outside all the time inside the slot to you know and then you're kind of limited to those man coverages and you may not be able to run those blitzes and those zone pressures that you usually can run with a traditional nickel. If you have a guy that can kind of do both play outside and inside, then, and then you're not as limited in what you can do. Um, I don't, you know, I get what Brable's saying. I think a lot of times teams are looking at matchups and they're, you know, they're putting their, you know, their number one guy in the slot um, for a big percentage of the game. You know, somebody like, Mike Thomas will go to the slot sometimes. Um, Devontae Adams, you'll see him in the slot. Um, you see a number of guys um, try to take advantage of that matchup. So I definitely can see where Brable's talking about there. 
of course, he's referencing what Vrabel was talking about there, that, that verticality of the slot position on offense as opposed to uh, the horizontal nature that we typically think of when we talk about slot receivers. So I just thought that was an incredibly insightful answer, talking about how everything works together when you're in the slot. And, you know, that's football porn right there to my ears, at least. So really enjoyed hearing that from Vaccaro. And then also Vaccaro was asked about Colin plays and new defensive back coach Anthony Midget as well. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know who's going to call the plays. I know Rave is going to put us in positions to, you know, play fast and aggressive. I really don't. I haven't asked. I haven't, you know, it's sad that we to see Dean go, one of my favorite coaches, you know, bar none of all time. But at the same time, I know Rave's going to, whoever's going to be calling plays, he's going to put us in positions to make plays. And that's all I'm worried about. Uh, and, you know, Midge has done a great job. I mean, obviously we haven't met in person, you know, because we're just doing Zoom meetings. But um, from my experience so far, um, it's been great. You know, he's been, you know, he's been in the league a while. Um, you know, obviously Coach Coombs came over from college. And it's a little different because you're trying to fill out players and trying to understand the league. With Midge, he's already been around, you know, NFL players um, and, you know, been around NFL secondaries where you kind of understand you know how 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 the how it works. You know he he already has a good you know understanding of that. So it's been smooth, it's been easy. Uh, I've enjoyed you know the meetings with them. He's made them fun, entertaining. You know um, it's been great, honestly. And then finally, Vaccaro talks about Jonathan Joseph. There was a story last week about Jonathan Joseph learning something from Kenny Vaccaro in one of these meetings, despite him being, you know, uh, an aged veteran who's had tons of experience in the NFL. So Vaccaro just talks about the process of learning, teaching teammates, and how everybody kind of has to learn from each other. We all learn from each other. That's, you know, no matter how many years you've played in the league, you never get to a point where you think you know it all, you haven't learned something. You know, Jay Joe's been in the league so long that. He's, he knows all the corner stuff. He's probably learning, you know, he's probably, he probably learned a, you know, a safety technique from me, or, you know, he's starting to learn, you know, what the linebackers are doing or what the D line is doing. He's when, anytime you have that, that much experience in the league, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you got a master's degree. He's trying to get his doctorate, his PhD. So he's, he's, he's far past, you know, the studying coverages and the simple things in football. So um, he's been very attentive, obviously, you know, great, great guy to learn from. He's had a lot of success in this league. I've watched him for years. Been one of my favorite corners since he's been in the league. Um, I love the way he plays. I'm excited to have him. So the way that he talks about Jonathan Joseph trying to learn about the defensive ends, the defensive line, the linebackers, safety techniques, things like that. I think it's pretty obvious that Jonathan Joseph is going to be a, a coach, uh, eventually. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, depending on, how long Mike Vrabel was the coach of the Tennessee Titans, hoping that's quite some time. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Jonathan Joseph at some point added to the Titans coaching staff. So remember, if there's anybody out there telling you, oh, the Titans son Jonathan Joseph, he's going to get re-. Okay, Joseph is a coach. He's an extended coach. That's it. He's not going to be expected to play major snaps for the Titans. He's a coach on the field, and with this crazy offseason, he can help the young guys get up to speed quicker because of his experience. So that, that's something to keep in mind anytime you're talking about Jonathan Joseph and how his signing is framed. But that is the end of Sounds of the Titans. I do have to clean up a few things and speak on a few things be, before we get out of here. I do want to give a shout-out to my guy, Philip Motley. I missed his question on Friday, his mailbag question, so I wanted to answer that here 
here. Shout out Philip Motley. He also, um, you know, took advantage of the offer for Built Bar using promo code Locked On to get ten dollars off his first order and stuff like that. I really, really appreciate the show. Is free. Uh, I don't ask for a lot from you guys, mailbag questions, maybe a simple review here and there, but uh, for him to go out and do that, I really appreciate it. So he has uh, two different questions here. I'll start with the football-related question for you guys. Do you think players this year that have to play in empty stadiums due to current pandemic that home games or away games will make a difference anymore since there are no fans cheering louder for an advantage? Well, I can tell you one thing from the Titans perspective, if, if we're honest with ourselves, one, it's going to hurt the Titans less on the road, just the tangible crowd noise. I mean, that is a big factor in certain places. Think the Titans are going to play into Denver. They have a really good crowd and a really solid fan base, and if there are no fans in the stands in Denver in week one, that only can help the Titans offense. Now on the flip side, of course, when the Titans are at home, they're not going to get much of that home field advantage either. But one of the big pain points in the Titans fan base, and one thing that people kind of argue about, and even Vrabel has talked about and been disappointed in is the Titans fan base sometimes doesn't necessarily show up to big games. You know, you think of some of the bigger games throughout the last few years when the Steelers came, the Patriots came, the Eagles came. You know, those fan bases kind of took over the stadium, and it seemed like there was a lot of resale going on. And I'm not going to be on here judging how people uh, use their tickets and, you know, if people need the money, I'm not going to be someone here saying, you have to go to the game that you paid for and can't resell your ticket. But I'm just saying, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, the Titans didn't have the greatest home field advantage anyway the last few seasons, and some of the teams that the Titans play this year have good home field advantages, so if there are no fans in the stands this upcoming season... if we're honest, quite frankly, we have to say that that's going to help the Titans uh, quite a bit more than, than hurting the Titans. And then his second question, and I, I do appreciate Philip. He's always asking me non-football questions, and uh, I talk football with you guys all day, but it is cool to, to get some non-football questions here and there. And he says, uh, you have said many times that Drake is your favorite rapper, but that you like many genres of music. So do you like R&B? And if so, who is your favorite artist, old school and new school? Okay. So, I love R&B. Facts. Uh, Really, really enjoy R&B. One thing to say is one of the reasons I like Drake so much is because you get the raw lyricism and the energy of rap music while getting the soulful, emotional-filled R&B style music that he makes as well. So, it's kind of a a total package of what I look for. But I like uh, old artists such as Keith Sweat was one of my favorites. Obviously, R. Kelly is a little bit divisive, but if we separate the art from the artist, I do like a lot of his music. Usher is a big one for me growing up. 90s baby, uh, growing up in the in the early 2000s and things like that. I, I love Usher. Um, I do enjoy The Weeknd. I enjoy Bruno Mars as well. I'm sure I'm missing some people who I definitely enjoy. Chris Brown is solid. Once again, you got to separate the art from the artist there to, to enjoy his music. But yeah, I would say that that is some of my favorites, uh, old school, uh, definitely Keith Sweat. Uh, my sister is about 35 years old, and uh, a lot of my music taste goes back to that. Uh, some female artists, I loved Aaliyah. Uh, I really enjoyed TLC. My sister was such a big TLC fan growing up, uh, so that that really shaped, I guess, my music 
taste. I, I love soulful R&B, and I love rap music as well, so the total package, in my opinion, is Drake uh, for that, but yeah, those are some of the R&B artists and groups that, that I've enjoyed quite a bit. Before we do get out of here for this Monday show, though, I, I would be um, neglectful if I didn't at least say something about what's going on in our country and has taken place uh, over the weekend. If you guys follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, I, I said late last night, I'm, I'm having a hard time talking about football right now. Uh, it was tough for me to, to get up, I guess, to, to do the show um, and to get you know, motivated to to talk about these football-related things with everything that's so much more serious going on. And I just have to be honest with you guys at every moment in time, as I've always done. Um, I just I just stay honest with you guys as best I can. And I'm in a tough position here. Um, obviously, anytime you're in the media and you want to give your thoughts, give your perspective, you guys didn't come here for my political takes. You came to escape and hear about something else for just 30 minutes out of your day. So I know that in the back of my head, and it creates conflict because I know that this is an escape from you guys. And I'm a sports fan who, you know, after looking at the news all day, arguing with different people on social media about the way things are and everything, it 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 is an escape that you need. I think it's really a dangerous time even more because we don't have sports or entertainment or any stress release or any pressure release, any kind of outlet whatsoever right now um, to kind of mellow anybody out or take off the edge or anything like that. And um, that's why in my head, I'm like, hey, I need to give you guys a show that's about sports. Let this be an escape. But if I had a platform and said absolutely nothing, um, I would be embarrassed with myself at the end of the day as well. So uh, what I want to say, uh, how vocal I want to be and all of that is one thing, but I think what's important now is to put out a, a message that is right for everyone. Um, my, my intent is not to offend anybody whatsoever. Uh, I know that that's really, really easy to do nowadays. No matter what, it, people will say that you're picking a side. They'll feel like you're not on their side, which could affect, you know, how you guys listen to my show if you want to. It's just, um, uh, you know, a, a touchy and sensitive thing. But what I came down to when I sat here in front of my computer and in front of my microphone trying to think of what to say. Um, and I'm sorry, it does make me emotional looking at everything and the, and the way things are. We just have to change. Uh, we have to change. Something has to change. Things have to change. And I think regardless of how you feel about the, the riots, the police, uh, the looting, the, the, just everything, regardless of how you feel about that, I think all of us, every single person in our country right now should be able to sit down and agree that something has to change and and we can't just continue in this pattern that we're in right now we can't and i have very strong takes on this um i don't add listeners to my uh, personal facebook just cuz i have to have some sort of outlet where i can say things that i i don't think i should say to a national audience Quite frankly, uh, I'm not comfortable enough with that yet being so early in my career here doing this. I hope you guys can understand that. Um, But I think every single person listening to this right now and every single person across the country can admit we cannot continue with the way things are. We can't just let this go and then just go back to normal. It's just that's not good 
for our country. I mean, we all have to live here. We have to make this better. I guess that's what I want my message to be is I'm not going to sit here and argue about the method or sit here and preach about what I think is the right way to create that change. But I think if we all start by uniting under the fact that we have to change things, things have to change in this country, um, how big of a change, how little of a change, all that, like I said, that's where you know people get into disagreements. And, and I'm not going to wade in to that. I don't have the time. That's not what you came for. Um, but I will say, and I think everyone listening, every person across this country, um, I think we can all unite in the sense that things have to change. Things have to be different. And uh, the people out there that are hurting right now, just know that I'm with you. And uh, I'm sorry that things are this way. Um, I'm a history buff outside of sports. I love history, world history, uh, something I was raised on. My father is a huge history buff. Um, and for me, as a person who knows history and paid attention uh, so much in history class, I, I'm terrified by the things that I see uh, on my screen, by the things that I see uh, on social media. And while there's good everywhere and there's bad everywhere that's a fact there's good and there's bad in all walks of life um things have to change they have to change now and until we have change um this country isn't necessarily the country that we all want it to be so i'm gonna get off my soapbox here um like i said if if this upsets you uh if i've offended you by these you know, really vague comments, then I'm sorry. You know, I don't want to offend anybody, but um, quite frankly, if if you're okay with the way things are right now and you don't want to see any change and you think that we should just go back to living like normal after this calms down, um, I'm sorry. I just can't agree with that. I can't. We have to change things. Um, you know, feel free to DM me if you want my specific thoughts. Uh, I'll be more than happy to to politely and respectfully discuss anything with anybody. But um, I guess that's what I come down to. The one underlying message I think that every single person listening to this and every single person across the country should be able to say, yes, that, that is the case, is we need to change some things. And we need to change them as soon as possible. So uh, I will leave you guys with that. The rest of the week, we're going to do our draft class reviews. Uh, it's going to be draft class reviews. Sorry, I'm I'm a little flustered. Our free agency reviews. So really excited to get into that, talk some more football, and hopefully we have some more positive football news uh, here in the near future about getting guys back on the field and everything like that. So I will be with you to report that every step of the way. Mostly, I just hope everyone be safe. Um, love anybody you can. Uh, love everyone possible, um, even if it's hard, but also make sure you stand up for what you believe in at the same time. So uh, tough times, very tough times. Uh, I'm 29 and I can't remember a year like this in the history of my life. It's like every bad thing that's ever happened in America is happening in 2020. So I just hope everyone stays safe. I love all you guys. I appreciate all the support. It means so much to me all the time. And, uh, I just hope everyone is is safe, uh, mostly. 
That's that's what I want is everyone to go home to their families at the end of the day and then us to band together to, to make the change that we need so desperately. But uh, I appreciate you guys for listening to the show. Once again, if you aren't subscribed, please subscribe so you get those free agency breakdowns coming later in the week. Follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titan. Send in those mailbag questions. Start getting them in now. I appreciate it. But that is going to do it for me. Now that you're done with this episode of the Locked on Titans podcast, uh, you should go check out the Locked On NFL podcast. Uh, the national show is great. It's never a bad time to take in national news. I also want to let you guys know that per the network, I technically can be doing three episodes a week this week, but I'm not going to do that. Like I said, I think the escape from everything going on is more important than ever now, and I'm going to be pumping out at least four episodes this week, most likely five, uh, just to keep things normal for you guys. I apologize that this show came out late. It's about 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time that I'm wrapping this up, but like I said, I just struggled throughout the weekend finding the motivation to, to get on here and, and talk football, so I appreciate you guys who are patient and get the show. I should have the rest of the shows of the week out normally in the morning as you guys expect, so thank you so much. Everyone be safe. I really do care about all of you, and uh, as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Tight.